A couple hundred years ago, the only thing you had to worry about was a hangover. Time you're an investigator? More or less. Today, because of your curse thingy, you can't sleep with anyone. I'm not a teen. I'm your boss. Or else you might feel a moment of true happiness. You got already an addiction to the brooding part of life. Lose your soul. Except for the bulk of it, where I was nearly tortured to death. Become evil again. You're a demon hunter. Rogue demon hunter. And kill everyone. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Thanks, Cornelia. Hello, morning. Edgar says hi too. Good morning to you, Edgar. <laughs> Welcome to Ale with Angel. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. And today we are reviewing season two, episode fourteen, "The Thin Deadline" of Angel specifically. Yes. Did I not say that? No, I don't think you did. That's okay. I said it for you. Okay, that works. Here we are. Yeah. Reviewing Angel. Again. How do you feel about that, Rex? (sighs) I think we'll cover that at the end of the episode. Okay. (laughs) That bodes well. (laughs) All of the energy going right into the positivity this episode, you guys. It's going to be great. Sure. What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) I got lots of positivity this episode. Sure. (laughs) Sure. That's totally a thing that I'm in possession of. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's why I said it, Rex. Well, do you want to do our list of executive doodle-doos? I'd love to give you a list of executive doodle-doos. I thought you'd never ask. Because I happen to have in front of me this list of executive doodle-doos, or Patreon subscribers. How they got that name, I can't figure out anymore. But they are D. Scheringhausen, Taylor Jordan Guy, Cubby Seal... Mr. Tabalicious, Sandra Craig, Jay Sommer, Christina, Catherine Parkinson, Karen Moon, Chris V-Man, Pat Likes Turtles, still, Scarlett <laughs> Choi, Janella Lindauer, Cat Naming Service Heaps, Andy Burgess, K. Fronome, Father DeFinistrato, Matthew Indeburr, Kelly MC, Jesse Rain, and Carrie Phillips. Thank you so much. Without you, this show literally is not possible. Goddamn right. Please don't go anywhere. Um, because everything would not be fine. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm fine. Everything's fine. I, I have, I just realized, like, cause you, you made a, a Jim Carrey quote and it made me re- remember something. That I didn't I, even do it on purpose. I know, but it made me remember something that I wanted to t- share with you that I don't know if you've heard. I may not have. He's retiring. Oh, I did hear that. And his last movie ever will be supposedly Sonic the the Hedgehog 2. (laughs) He's still doing the sequel? No, he he did it. He did it already. It already came out. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. That's a way to end a career right there, definitely. Why? God, why? (sighs) Edgar, the first first one was so bad. I'm going to need those. (laughs) Well, uh, while Rex is having technical cat difficulties over here, I'm going to tell him to stop it, because he's got a fucking review to read. I do have a review to read from one of our patrons, Taylor Jordan Guy. Uh, She reviewed us on Audible. Apparently, you can review us on Audible. Yeah. So, you know. iTunes doesn't own everything. They just try to, but I say fuck them. I don't actually know where to go to find the reviews on Audible. Um, uh, but you know, I just start clicking buttons, whatever. Right. <laughs> I've never been on audible, so I wouldn't know. Uh, but 
We got a five-star review from Taylor here on Audible titled, Way Better Than You Think and No Bunnies, 10 out of 10. But it must be bunnies. I mean, yeah. There's got to be bunnies, bunnies, unfortunately. It must be bunnies. Anyway, Taylor goes on to say, All right, this is my now sixth time trying to post my review. And honestly, my dumbass might be impatient and my reviews are in are in review and they have a bunch of dumb reviews saying similar things. Well, as far as I know, this is the only review we have. But hey, if maybe all your reviews are in, maybe we have a bunch of reviews on, on Audible now. Yeah, who knows? That would be awesome. Anyway, she says, Alrighty, so I just got caught up after binge listening and even putting in an all-nighter because I was just hooked. Buffy is not just a show to me. It is my security blanket. Growing up, I was diagnosed with a few mental personality and emotional disorders. (laughs) I have been there. (laughs) I got those too. That caused me to be a bit weird and a bit of a strange outcast. Buffy was my go-to safe place, and I mean, I mean, I've only seen every episode of the show maybe 26 times and gotten to witness all the episodes when they originally aired. But I'm not here to review Buffy. I'm here for the deserving Josh and Rex. Not only do they tickle and stimulate that area of my brain reserved for the dark, twisted, perverted comedy spot... But it edges and finishes me off with the Buffy the Vampire Slayer content. Wow, it edges. Yes. Damn. (laughs) My God, do I love these two together. I don't want to get too sappy and say this podcast saved me from one of my darkest moments the last couple of years. But man, it it just hits so many great things. It has me laughing, it has me thinking, and realizing different perspectives, and it has me yelling at my phone like they can hear me at how wrong their perspectives are sometimes. We can. Yes, we can. We can hear you right right through the phone. It gets loud sometimes when too many fans listen to us at once. Mm-hmm. It's like when Jim Carrey played God. Yes. On yeah, exactly. Bruce Almighty. Yeah, yeah. it's just, it's a lot. Just anyway, like she that. continues. But in the absolutely best great debating kind of way, I know I'm a strange cookie for being obsessed with a serious, comedic, campy, broody show, but damn, that's just how it be sometimes. And I feel like these two get it. Not only are they witty and funny, but they are so interactive with their doodle-doos. I wish I could be on the show to just absolutely destroy them with facts and all of my knowing perspectives on the fascinating character arcs and metaphors and foreshadowing. I mean, they are pretty cool. And I hope to be able to experience more episodes so I can finally suck down some libations and leave a healthy, inappropriate voicemail. Love these guys. 10 out of 10 would recommend. In the name of Keanu Reeves, amen. Damn. Also, um, by the way, Taylor Jordan guy, happy fucking birthday. Sorry we didn't um, post this when we said that we would because you were expecting it on your birthday. Um, But also, I don't want people to think that we're going to Taylor episodes to their birthday. No pun intended that your name is Taylor. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Cool. Thanks for the review, though. Yes. And you know what else Taylor Jordan Guy did, everybody, that you can also do is claim your free sticker. Yes. After you've reviewed us. Yeah. Uh, she sent in a screenshot of her review and wrote down s- the wordy words, gave us the starry stars, and we gave them the stickery 
stickery. Yeah, and uh, she told us that she got it, and it's now on the back of her car. And yeah, cool. Let us know how that works out. Yeah, neat, neat, neat. I I think it's time. Hey Rex, it is time. Uh, I have an announcement to make, ladies and gentlemen. Prepare yourselves emotionally for a full six minutes of the delightful, heartfelt ravings of a mad woman. Because I've taken literally nearly a year's worth of backlogged voicemails and condensed them into pure, distilled amazing. This is the River Crystal Sam Omnibus. <laughs> you finally fucking did it. I finally fucking did it. I found a bad enough episode that I was able to do the notes <laughs> quick enough for that I also did the River Crystal Sam Omnibus. Bleep! Hi, Rex. Hi, Josh. Crystal River Sam. I've been binge listening to the uh, good old Be With Baby. The whole podcast is entertaining. Please, dear God, come back. Take care. We're going to call that first message of practice, although y'all would probably play it on air because y'all are fucking ass-ass, but that's why I love you. Buffy podcast of the movie, like, would still like to see that. Podcast on DS9. I can't find a, a love roast of DS9, and I would love that. Um, finally got to school hard, and I was like, look, babe, this is where it starts to actually get fucking good. Hey Rex, 
Hey, Josh. Okay, part two. This is important. I have been waiting for multiple seasons now for y'all to realize the badness of Duke Cardboard of Wonder Bread, a.k.a. Riley. <laughs> you finally get it why he's terrible, too. <laughs> he makes it all about him. He's insecure. He can't deal with Buffy's independence. And he's insecure in their relationship because of her strength and her independence. I don't know. I lose track. Y'all do the fucking edits. That's your job. Okay, part three. So, uh, this is my thing of saying Riley's supposed to be this good guy. You know, he's touted as this good guy. He's so much better than Angel or, or Spike. Well, no, not really, because, I mean, look at this normal guy who doesn't like her. It's like, Buffy didn't fail him. She had her own shit going on, and he gave her an ultimatum in the end. But yet, he's just so wonderful, and Buffy failed, and that's the way it looked. That kind of influenced how I interacted with my partners for years. You know, here in my late 30s, I finally figure out that, no, that's not wrong. That's great, and I'm a capable, full person. That's my walk in the Mordor. I've trotted happily. Have fun, y'all. I would buy that shit. I would like a horse cock dildo with beer with Buffy on it, please. Anyway. Hey, Josh. Hey, Rex. It is the Madam of Many Monikers, Crystal River Sam. Hey, from Gnome, listening and binging the podcast again. So, yeah, that was my experience. It was good. <laughs> anyway, that's this is a long-ass fucking voicemail, as usual. Don't, wouldn't be surprised if I called and made some more, but whatever. Hey, Rex. Hey, Josh. It is Crystal River Sam, k Gnome. Madam of many monikers. I, I had, uh, uh, it, you forced me to call in. And Buffy and the chicken wings and, um, tell me how to not die episode with British lady. The British lady was like, no, Angel has a soul during the, the Boxer Rebellion. And you were like, no, no, this is way before. So this actually is a part where Angel does indeed have a soul. Because this is right when he got a soul, but he was still trying to run with Darla because that's what he knew. Hey, Rex. Hey, Josh. Crystal River Sam. k Gnome. I forgot what other names I have. Whatever. Madam of many monikers. I'm here. Um, I moved in with my partner. My partner has something he has to teach you, so the next time I listen to your podcast, my head doesn't fucking explode. Listen. I've been conscripted to inform you that irregardless is not a word. However, regardless and irrespective are both permissible to you. Please, please, please listen to, to, to my partner. He says these things because he cares. Learn a lesson. Fuck you, Josh. Anyway, look forward to the next episode. Love you guys. Madam Medi Moniker is signing out for now. Uh, I'm sorry. I <laughs> I have to say the highlight was Duke Cardboard Wonder Bread. <laughs> yes. There were some high points, <laughs> but that was the high points. You know, I appreciate that... Uh, she binge listened to our episodes, so we binge listened to her voicemails. Exactly. There you go. That's what you get. Um, one of the one of the key things I did want to say to you though is, uh, if you are looking for a good uh, DS Nine podcast, I highly recommend the Greatest Gen podcast. No, 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 no. They didn't pay us to say that. They didn't. Ah, uh. they didn't. But if you like the format of our show, we totally didn't steal our format from them except for the part where we did 
Except for that part, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, they did... The Greatest Gen originally was a Star Trek TNG podcast, but they went on to DS9 afterwards. Because obviously, TNG does not last forever. No. Although it should, it does not. It does not. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you're looking for a DS9 podcast, that's where I would go. Yeah, there you go. I also thought you would appreciate her agreeing with how much you hate Irregardless. Yes. I'm surprised you I, don't have anything to say about that. I, I have a list of, of notes, and I, I try to go in order. Oh, I see. My bad. Um, the next thing I wanted to mention, uh, she mentioned do us reviewing the Buffy movie. Hmm. I don't know that we've ever really talked about it much on the air, but uh, I know we individually, outside of the podcast, have definitely discussed the potential future if we ever get enough of a fandom or anything like that of doing live shows and i just want to take us straight to a podcast convention and see what happens yeah i think um, we should try it out but we we've talked about this and i think we've wanted for a while to do a live show where we review the buffy movie as the live show and that would be just neat peachy or neat yeah <laughs> peachy neat Yes, but, you know, we need more patrons before we can ever, like, get to that kind of point where we're able to afford doing live shows. Eh, not necessarily, but that would be good. I'm not saying don't get us new patrons. Anyway, you got anything more? Uh, the last thing she did mention seeing Harry the Harry Groner interview on YouTube, and hey, guess what? Everyone can see that on YouTube now. We opened it up to the general public. Yeah, we made that public a little bit ago. Have we shared the link on any of our socials? No, but you know what? Damn, we, we, we should. should do that. Um, with the release of this episode, we will share the links to that, so more of our fans can see the actual video recorded interview. Absa farting lootly. I'm just gonna get to see what we look like on video. Yeah, I'm just gonna stick that link right in the uh, in the description and in the tweet and in the yeah. Facebook. Everything, everywhere. Us, 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 us. Me, 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 and a little bit of Rex. Mostly me. I mean, shoes, 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 shoes. <laughs> chopping, 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 chopping. chopping. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, uh, hey, the Stanley Parable is relevant again. <laughs> yes, it is. We're not just completely old fucks. <laughs> There's a new extended version of it. If you haven't played it, it's amazing. It's new on Steam. They also did not pay us to say this, but they should. Oh, God. I I don't care. The Stanley Parable is so good. They don't need to pay me. Specifically, the Ultra Deluxe version. Yes. Literally not going to say anything else about it. It's the kind of game where you can ruin everything with the simplest detail. Yep. Just fucking play it. Okay. I, you know, I think... I think it's time to actually get on with the, this show. It very much is. Uh, I think it's time for a monop... A, 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 <laughs> A monopsis. <laughs> yeah, monopsis. <laughs> there, you had it right the first time. Monomena. Monomena. And we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Besides singing Monomena. Stop it! <laughs> Stop it, Rex! Get the fuck off my set! Joshua, though, what are you doing, Joshua? <laughs> Also singing Menomina. I mean, well, I've got this weird spot on the back of my head. Um, <laughs> oh, shut up, Joshua. It's always a complaint with you, isn't it? No, but I, I think it's a serious problem, though, Mom. Like, I got bit by something while I was walking <laughs> the other day. 
Oh, look at me! I'm Joshua! And I'm so poor! And I don't have any money! And my mother is a terrible human being! And nobody loves me! And now I have an extra eyeball in the back of my head! Well, let me call you a wambulance, Joshua! Sure, like, uh, like, uh... I get it, Mom. I, I get it. You're doing this ironic bit where you're actively doing the exact thing that you're mocking me for always criticizing you about, while you obviously lack any kind of self-awareness of the fact. But I mean, if you could seriously just... You know what? Never mind. Do you think I don't have an eye in the back of my head, Joshua? Of course I do! I'm your mother! I know everything you do! <laughs> Alright, snooping through my room and... Paying way too much attention to whether anything in the house has moved in order to know if I've been home recently is not a literal eye in the back of your fucking head. It's a fucking personality disorder. You know what, Joshua? I'm tired of you crying to me only when you need something. You know what? My friends wanted me to join them for a zombie walk, and I'm going to go do that. Because what about me? What about my needs? Since when the fuck do you like zombie-themed sporting events? Shut up, Joshua! There's no sense pointing out my plot holes this late in the game! Fine. I'll drive my own damn ambulance. Man. It's crazy how, like, my life always seems to imitate art. Specifically <laughs> in the Buffy and Angelverse. <laughs> like, in this episode of Angel, there's a bunch of cops terrorizing people. But the cops are all, like, actual zombies. Like, literally mind-controlled corpses. And Angel figures this out around the same time that Gunn starts to investigate them. Angel knows that Gunn is investigating the police brutality, but does not inform Gunn that they are zombies. He instead goes to Kate Lockley, the detective, to do his own research. Wesley and Cordelia are working together on another case of a possessed little girl who was bitten by a demon and now has a third eye in the back of her head. It was unclear whether it's a, a demon eye or her own eye, but once they realize Gunn's stupid plan to get attacked by overly brutal policemen and catch it on film, they run to his aid. This does not go well, but luckily, Angel manages to find the totem controlling all the zombie popo and destroy it just in the nick of time. He goes to see Wesley in the hospital afterwards. This also does not go well. The end. Correct. That yeah. also doesn't go well. It does not. <laughs> it goes poorly, in fact. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. As soon as the sun goes down, down, down. Uh, we open up on a short little scene in the hotel where Angel comes home to an empty lobby and a sad piano. Hyperion Hotel, that yes. is. Yes. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, all the sad pianos. Cut to Lost Angelus Investigations. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's still new clever. I think. Uh, it it's okay. Yeah, shut up. Uh, the new office where Wes is... Uh, Wishing for some demons to fight. He's a little bored. Oh no, what will we do? It's so quiet, we can't just expect a Buffyverse flip to happen and ding ding, hello, I'd like you to do the thing that you were just complaining wouldn't happen. Cordy makes uh, a joke 
saying that they can get a map of the stars and go to Steven Seagal's house <laughs> uh, because she assumes that he could have only possibly become an actor due to demonic help. And I just want to say that I want to back her on this idea. Yeah. Did you know just how fucking awful Steven Seagal is as a person? I, you know, I've caught wind of a few things that make me embarrassed to have an autographed photograph of him because... Oh, I did not know that. When I was a a child, not really a small child, but, you know, a child, fifth grade-ish, imagine, my mom's boyfriend was really into Steven Seagal movies. He just liked watching people get their asses whooped, and he was the king of, you know, snapping people's joints backwards. Yeah. And, you know, people loved it. And uh, I thought they were okay at the time, too. So we had an assignment in fifth grade to write to a celebrity. I wanted to write to Bill Murray, but we couldn't find his Ugh. address. We Somebody brought in this book that was literally a book of celebrity mailing addresses. Well, that's handy. <laughs> yeah, but Bill Murray wasn't in there, so I went with Steven Seagal instead. Yeah, so apparently he has been accused of uh, sexual misconduct, sexual harassment, and rape. Ah. Um, he's also a Trump supporter. Apparently there have been some allegations of him being involved in some sort of sex trafficking things. Jesus fucking Christ. And then on top of that, shortly after Russia invaded the Ukraine, he went to Russia to have his birthday party in Moscow with friends of Putin. Wow. And Putin gave him citizenship of Russia. Oh, dear. Well, I'm going to burn that photo. Yeah. All right. He's a lovely person. Yeah, holy shit. (laughs) So... Yeah, like I was saying earlier, <laughs> uh, just as Wesley is like, oh, well, we can't expect evil to just walk right through the door. Ding, ding. Excuse me. Could you help me with my small child with a demonic eye in the back of her head? Okay, yep. that'd be great. Uh, we meet the mother, Francine, and her daughter, Stephanie. Uh, she got bit on her walk home and now has an eye in the back of her head i hate it when that happens good news to the team here uh she wants to pay them anything that they want to just get rid of it cordelia establishes very rudely as soon as she mentions her name that she is one of virginia's rich friends yes Mm -hmm. so i find it interesting like the mom's tone in this scene it doesn't read as concern for her daughter It's just get that weird, ugly thing off the back of her head, please. You know, to be fair, that's a factor. I'd be pretty fucking freaked out. I do wish they had addressed whether or not the girl can see out of that eye. Yeah, I was really curious about that. But they never addressed it. Yeah, well, we're going to come back to that. (laughs) (laughs) Or not. Just like the episode. Moving along. So they're all like, yeah, we can handle that. In fact, that's not even weird enough for us to handle. Fuck you. I'm bored already. So, (laughs) cut cut to the street. It's nighttime. There are two teenagers, a guy and a girl, being chased by some mysterious shadowy figure. They said some words. I forget what they were. There's some thing in the alley. On the wing in the alley. (laughs) I've got to, mister. (laughs) All right. I just, I'm sorry. Why do I always got to take it to the Ventura place? <laughs> uh, you know, you only had so Rhetorical much Rhetorical question, Rex. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to know what you were going to say. You only had so much interaction with positive role models in, in your childhood that you latched onto the one thing. Oh, yeah. Shit. 
I didn't want a real answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Cut to Anne's rescue place from a few episodes ago. The uh, I believe yeah, it's the shelter. Yeah. What's it? East Hills Teen Shelter. Yes, East Hills Teen Shelter. Something like that. Anne's place. It's Anne's place. Yeah, the same two kids from the alleyway show up at her door, panicked, and Anne starts to turn them away. She's like, you guys, you know there's a curfew. But she sees the fear in their eyes and says, all right, get the fuck in here. Yep. Uh, And then they get inside, and we get an ominous shadow walking out of an alley that's a cop. Gives gives strong T one thousand vibes. Very much so. Yeah, it was it was very dark on my screen. I wasn't sure if we were supposed to be able to tell that it was a cop, but I could tell there was a cop. Yeah. So I guess I mean, we were supposed we to be able to tell. And you get a little flash of badge. Yeah. Okay. So it was it, the hat mainly that did yeah. it for me. All right. Cool. 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 Yeah. It, my first impression was, wow, this shit is all over the place in this opening, in this cold open, because we see four different fucking places. But yeah. two of them very connected. Yeah. Uh, technically, both sets of two very connected. At this point, the fucking... They didn't establish any like actual story arc for Angel yet. But they, the story arc they established for the rest of the group doesn't even have anything to do with this. Everything they've established up to this point before this scene has nothing to do with the actual episode. Right. Well, no, I mean, the kids and the cop have everything well, to do yeah, with Well, that, yeah, that's the it, though. Like, the, the whole scene with the... Oh, yeah, the, the girl, girl with the eyeball ends up being a complete red herring. It's weird. I guess they come back to it. Like, it, it I They left up the plenty of room for this to be revisited next episode. We'll see what happens. Cut to, uh, well, opening sequence. Meow, 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 meow. Merle's hideout. Yep, Merle is packing up his shit, and uh, he turns around and gets startled by Angel. Uh, one of my quotes here, he says, Do you ever knock? And Angel replies with, You don't make that funny expression when I knock. <laughs> or if you do, I don't see it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a way. To, that's a good reason to break into someone's home. Definitely. Yeah. Angel's just being a huge dick again. We've established this multiple times over yeah. the way he treats Merle uh, compared to what Merle, I think, did to him. What? Sold him out once or something? I don't know. I guess Angel just will never fucking forgive I him. I mean, the dude's job of choice is selling information. You don't trust somebody who sells information with information. And on top of that, when you consistently completely fuck over and intimidate this informant, yeah. they're not going to be very forthcoming with the correct information. Right. And they're just going to fuck you over at the first opportunity. So everything about this is fucking dumb. Yeah. As it gets more and more established later in the episode, and I, I'd like... That they turn a little bit, a little bit of a self-aware eye back on themselves this episode. Yeah. Uh, no pun intended. But yeah, uh, Merle gives him some information about a meeting that Wolfram and Hart are having, which I guess we're going to follow up with next episode. Sure, maybe, probably. You know, they got to come back to Wolfram and Hart at some point. Yeah. But Merle's <laughs> all kinds of fucking done with this shit. He's packing his things. Can't blame him. He calls Angel out on abusing him like everybody else who wants free information. And he even gets, he even makes it personal. He's like, well, you know, maybe you shouldn't have fired your entire fucking staff, huh? And, uh, that was a pretty good moral. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like you said, he gives him the time. Angel tries to tell him, well, I don't think you're in any kind of a position. To, and he's like, yeah, fuck you, Angel. Uh, <laughs> 
I, I feel like Merle has more than repaid any wrongs or debt oh God, he had yes. to Angel, and Angel really just needs to fuck off and leave him alone. He's just being a f- shitty bully at this just, point. Just let Merle fucking leave. Yeah. Just let him leave. Exactly. Let him, like, let him get on with if his life. If you can't function without Merle's information, then you're a shitty detective. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe you should well, apologize to your friends. Also, the, just the part that, like, he is kind of a shitty detective because he can't go out in the day. Yeah. That's why he needed the other guys. Yeah. <sighs> Back to Annie's wayward teen shack. <laughs> you kill him, we grill him. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's the next day, the next morning, and Anne decides to question Kenny. That's the the guy's name who came in. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't get the, the girl's name, though. Uh, but she questions Kenny about was what like was going on. Leo, or yeah, I could look it up if it matters that much. It, it, I mean, it doesn't. But no. Um, she asks Kenny what got them so spooked the night before, and he didn't really want to give much information. But then comes out and says that it was cops. The cops attacked him. They were just out on the street, kind of panhandling, maybe, but they were just out on the street, and the cop just yelled at them for loitering and started beating them with their nights with his nightstick and they ran off yeah she kind of sort of doesn't really believe him she's like well what were you doing at first a little bit of victim blaming kind of bothered me the only thing here that kind of bothers me though is in the little bit of scene when they were running from the cop in the alley kenny actually had the line less her name was less yeah, less. Started with an, an L, um, I knew that. But Kenny had the line saying, it is following us, or something like that, or it's right behind us. Hmm. Not him. Not he is. And it said it. And yeah. Like, obviously, it was meant to be more ambiguous, so that it was like, we don't know, it's a cop. But, like, it just, that struck me as odd. Yeah. That's a shitty writing technique. Yeah. That's what they did there, and they didn't care. But, yeah, uh, Anne says that, you know, she's actually going to look into it. She knows someone who can help. And I thought she was going to go to Angel for help, but she didn't. Yeah, well, because she went straight to Angel Investigation's new location. I don't know how she knew to find um, Gun there. Word on the street is Gun is working there. Yeah, apparently. Um, Yeah, she she goes to uh, New Angel Investigations to see Gun, which apparently they know each other. From off-screen. Old friends! Well, not really from off-screen, but, you know, from backstory. Well, yeah, backstory. Yeah, I guess they have a good rapport. That makes sense, given their li- their particular lines of work. Her saving kids and him killing vampires. Yeah, that no. Go- that totally goes hand in hand. Well, I mean, also she had that run-in with a demon cult. Well, yeah. That, makes, that does make good sense. But I guess Gunn didn't really know a whole lot about demons he was specifically vampires yeah at first but nope they they know each other and gun is down to look into the cop situation and he's like you know what fuck researching this eye i don't need to know about some white girl's eye in the back of her head y'all ain't need me (laughs) i ain't need y'all cordy sarcastically drops a line about oh you're gonna miss all the fun here while she's describing the demon eye in the back of this girl's head while name-dropping their company, Anne recognizes the name Angel, and uh, they determine it is definitely the same Angel that Anne knows. Yep. What a dink! So, luckily, they all seem to share a similarly shitty opinion of Angel, <laughs> yeah. and 
and doesn't mind at all that they still work under his name regardless of their opinions of him as a person. Or vampire, whatever. Even though he's a vampire, but... Uh, so as they leave, Gunn fucks off with Anne, and Angela is spying on them from on top of a building. Yep. And he starts to follow them along the building line as they leave. Yeah, uh, Angel trails Gunn to the shelter. Gunn goes there to interview the kids. Angel just kind of does his lurky boy thing from outside. He's a lurky, lurky boy. He is quite the lurky boy. Mm-hmm. So Gunn and Anne are talking to uh, this primarily black group of kids. Uh, that are all being harassed by the police. No, we don't live in a, system, a systemically racist country at all. Not even a little bit. So Gunn tells Anne to give them a minute, because Gunn needs a more private moment to confirm with them that they're not all just fucking with Anne and trying to take advantage of her, because that would be awfully shitty. Yeah. But they're straight with Gunn because he's black, which is actually totally understandable and I take no issue with whatsoever. However... The lines for these kids here are written like a white pastor watched a sitcom one time <laughs> and had a black friend once. Yeah. So he's really like, with it. Like, I... It's written like a church lady who used to be a lunch lady at a primarily white <laughs> public school overheard the black children talking one day. I grew up in a very white school, but... I grew up very poor, so, you know, I did associate with plenty of other black kids. Just uh, other like, black... I'm sorry, I know what you mean. <laughs> You're the blackest man I know, Rex. Other kids who are black. <laughs> and I get that these writers are definitely trying to write for a white audience. While also trying to be respectful and accurate of black people, black culture, ebonics, all that. But it comes off super fucking awkward. Yeah, it really fucking does. It really fucking does. Like watching black people read lines from a white person's perspective of what black people are like is cringy as fuck. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> And you yeah. can tell that they know, and they're, they're <laughs> oh yeah, they and they're definitely like, know. This is just how I make my paycheck. It's fucking how they're reading these lines. Yep, they're trying. They're really trying. They needed to be in the writers' room as well, not just acting. <laughs> yeah, and I mean the, they're also kid actors. Yeah, like, that uh, adds a certain level of awkward. That's yeah. almost unrecreatable. Well, and like the one kid, Ray. Gun recognizes him from dealing drugs on the street and Ray's like, oh, no, I don't do that anymore. And it's like, it doesn't come off anything sincere. Like, yeah, like I don't a I don't believe that that kid's ever been on a street corner, <laughs> <laughs> let alone that he has stopped dealing drugs. <laughs> like, of course, of course not. They're <laughs> actors. Well, right. But like <laughs> in California, it just. It just it does not no. read. I, obviously, there's rough spots yeah. in California. Wow. And I just automatically equated rough <laughs> with being black. We can't just... It's impossible to not step in it. No, it, it, it is quite impossible, and we should move on. Yeah, we should. <laughs> so... I don't want to share my feelings. I don't want to open up. I want to find the guy that killed Tina, and I want to look him in the eye.
to the exterior of the building. Yeah, where Angel goes to leave, and he's stopped by a cop. What? Yeah, the cop immediately tries to arrest Angel for being outside? For existing, yes. Well, uh, this just doesn't track at all. I Because he's white. Cops never harass people, especially white people. Actually, that's not true. I've been harassed by cops. Yeah, but you're also not... Statistically like, far less likely to end up dying from it. Oh, God, yes. Absolutely. The cop attempts to arrest Angel, pins him up against the wall. Angel's like, oh, no, you know what? Fuck this. And like shrugs the dude off and goes to walk away. But the cop decides to pull out his nightstick and, and fucking attack him. Yeah, he doesn't waste any fucking time. And Starts reading him his Miranda rights. Yeah. Which, by the way, you, you can't do it that way. Well, duh. <laughs> like legally. Yeah. But anyway, as um, you're beating them, you have yeah. the right to remain silent. <laughs> yeah. But um you're telling me Angel isn't 100% legally accurate? We should contact <laughs> Legal Eagle for this. <laughs> he does all kinds of weird shit. I I would be tickled pink oh, if we ever got in touch with Legal Eagle. Uh, would anything ever. He's, he's too popular for us. But Angel luckily can handle himself. Yeah, he throws the cop to the ground, like, hits him pretty hard and puts him to the ground, and then the cop gets back up. Angel's just like, holy shit, this guy's still coming at me. And then he ends up kicking his head off. Just roundhouse kicks his head like a fucking soccer ball. He actually uses his celerity power to do it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You know, I was wondering later in this episode, why doesn't he use his goddamn celerity in fights? He'd be so much better and off. And he just does this time, and he denogonizes the cop. Probably uses a lot of energy. Probably. Yeah. Or, it. well, we already decided it only works if it's dramatic. Right. Like, tense fight? No. It's not dramatic enough. But, I mean, if, if you're going to kick someone's head off, I think you need to use some power for that. So the head lands on the hood of the fucking car... And is still talking. I forget what it was saying, but it was still just in Miranda Wright's mode. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, it turns out the cop was a zombie. Yep. Well, mystery solved. Everybody go home. It was the old white men all along. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking they came back to rectify their portrayal and glorification of police brutality from the end of last season. Oh, maybe. Remember how we had some issues with uh, yeah. how Kate was handling things? Yeah, I do recall. Uh, but, you know, we'll see where this goes. <laughs> so far, I mean, for fuck's terrible. sake, this whole episode, this whole episode, they're like, these cops did this, these cops did this. And, like, the list of things that they're doing, there's very few moments where I'm not like, no, that's just how cops are these days. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> never a moment where I feel like their reaction is justifiable, where they're like... Well, what? Why? Why would they do that? What? You must have been doing something wrong. I'm like, no, no, no. That's that's no, no. that all tracks. Yeah, that's on that, point. That's how cops are. What's the thing? <laughs> uh, why do they have to be zombies? Whatever. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. No, it turns out he uh, doesn't say zombie, but his body turns all green and shriveled yeah. and gross and still talking. I was wondering if it was some sort of necromancy, but I guess what what is zombieism if not necromancy, huh? Yeah, I mean you you can't you can't have zombies without necromancer. That's how it works. Yeah, that's what somebody told me once. I believed them. Well, I guess so the only kind of other zombies you can have without a necromancer are the like fucking disease kind, but those are lame zombies. <laughs> I like Walking Dead. Anyway, I mean, it started off strong. 
<laughs> we're we're not reviewing Walking Dead right now, so <laughs> Fair. we're doing that later in the episode. Yeah, back in the shelter after talking to the kids, a couple of uh, guns, old friends crew that he yeah old crew that he used to work with come in finally we get some fucking backstory not even backstory but some kind of story or acknowledgement at all about him being gone from where he used to live and the community he used to be a part of his people these two guys at least totally resent that he's never around anymore yeah and and now they think he's just being a hoity-toity douche. Uh, Rondell and George, those are their names. Yeah. I have to hand it to the writers. I mean, maybe they were just being badgered. Like, hey, guys, it doesn't make any fucking sense that we don't haven't made any fucking mention at all yeah. of Gunn just leaving his community. What about that? And so they really used this opportunity well to establish that, yeah, he did just kind of abandon them. Yeah. It's not exactly good character development or anything like we still don't yeah, know it, why what's his justification and he kind of treats these guys like dicks right here yeah i don't get his added like so they're there because he called in a favor because they, they show up and they're like hey dude i got the camcorder you wanted me to bring kind mm-hmm. of thing and so they he called them invited them there but then they're their whole attitude back and forth is like, fuck you, man. Fuck you, man. Fuck you, man. Yeah. Well, he tries to reestablish his uh, his leadership dominance over them. And they're like, yeah, man, fair. we're not here for you. We're here for the fucking kids. Yeah. Because he tries to be like, well, if you're going to have that attitude, you can just leave. And they're like, you're not the boss of me anymore. Right. And yeah, they're fucking right. But hey, they're all going to help. And they got a plan that involves a camcorder. Yeah. Film the police. They love that. That always works. We've always found that when you film the police doing something wrong, that they definitely get everything they deserve for their wrongdoing. 100% accountability. Yeah. 110% accountability. Especially when they film themselves, that footage yeah, never that, comes up missing. No, and and on top of that, there's never been times where uh, they've done something very pointedly, obviously wrong on film and then walked away without charges whatsoever even though it was immediately 100 percent posted on the internet yeah. for the entire world to see yeah yeah that's never happened not once <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i wonder what our political views in this circumstance are yeah. i don't think anyone will ever guess why does it have to have anything to do with a political view where these are just facts i mean yeah fair. as long as you take everything we just said for the last couple of minutes and reverse it yeah, you you know, play opposite day. Yes, and you'll crack the code here, yes. guys. We we might be being sarcastic. I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> so, I guess these guys come to an understanding, even though it's a bit tense for a minute. Yeah. Well, in the end, in the end, they have the same goals. Quote of the day here. Gunn says, "All right, look, the plan is simple. I want you to roll the camcorder and wait for the cops to hassle us." And says. How do you know they will? Gunn says, because we'll be the ones walking while black. Yeah. Quote of the fucking day right there. I'm so fucking happy they put that line in. That was a good line. That might be the best line of the episode. I have a couple more, but we'll see where it lands. I don't have very many more. <laughs> uh, from I didn't there, say I had very many more. <laughs> just yeah. a couple. From there, we cut to the police station where... Hey, Kate! We haven't seen you in a while, Kate. Kate Lockley. It's almost as if 
last time on Angel might have hinted that you'll be in this episode. Who knows? Did it? I don't yeah. recall that at all. It gave us a recap because we aren't watching this show. We don't know who anyone is. Okay. I don't remember that at all. Congratulations. <laughs> so Angel anyway. visits Kate with all the relish of meeting your ex-wife in court to settle up some alimony. <laughs> No, that's accurate. Yeah. She immediately grabs a couple files about two women killed in a clothing store and another one about 13 lawyers from Wolfram and Hart slaughtered in a wine cellar. He doesn't really offer any kind of information on those cases. I mean, why should he? He obviously had nothing to do with it. Yeah, never mind that he could solve them for her in a heartbeat, but he does at least mention... That he set Darla and Drusilla on fire, and she's not even impressed by that, because he enjoyed it too much. You can't fucking win here, can you, Angel? Right. Jesus. So, Angel seems to purposefully pick the worst timing possible, alongside the worst phrasing possible, to inform her of his recent cop-murdering activities. Yes. Not surprisingly, she looks pretty close to setting him on fire herself. But then he mentions the part where the head was still talking after being decapitated and gives her the badge to run. Well, guess what? The cop died six months ago. Yeah. So, hey, guess what, Angel? You didn't murder him. Yeah. But well, last night. <laughs> you didn't murder him last night. Yeah, we don't know what he was doing six months ago. Exactly. <laughs> Either way, this is a fucking problem. Yeah. And uh, Angel offers to take her on a ride. Yeah, she should right. definitely trust you, Angel. I don't see why like, not. He doesn't even, like, oh, we're, let's go to place A to check out facts B and C to make sure that things line up. No, like, do you want to go for a ride? Straight to the graveyard. <laughs> Look at this loose dirt. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to Angelus Investigations. Yes, where Cordy is on the phone with Gunn. Who is blowing off the whole eye case. Like, Shirking your duties. Not not researching little girls with demon eyes on the back of their head. Like an asshole. And then, of course, Cordy fills in Wesley on Gunn's terrible fucking dumb plan. Yeah, I had another quote of the day here. One that's actually funny and not poignant. So, you know, that's it's a welcome change of pace, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, Cordy says, oh, you know, just that in order to find out if the police have been brutalizing and killing people in Ant's neighborhood, he's going to videotape the cops trying to brutalize and kill him. Wesley says, you can't be serious. Cordy says, nothing says, aha, I'm on to you, like being on the receiving end of a vicious police beating. You know, that hit me funnier when I was watching it than it does now. But another highlight of the scene, Wesley says... Well, that can't be his plan, can it? I mean, <laughs> it's really a dumb plan. <laughs> hey, Gunn graduated with a major in dumb planning from Angel University. He sat at the feet of the master and learned well how to plan dumbly. Yes. It's also an equally dumb line. Yeah. But also funny. But also accurate. Like, this is very much a dumb plan that Angel would come up with. It kind of is, yeah. So like, the only difference is, is if Angel gets brutalized and shot by police, he's fine. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I can't even criticize it too much for, but yeah, it's not too offbeat in comparison to the rest of the show. So whatever. Yeah. But you know, they, they hesitate. They go back to researching the girl with the third eye for 
a moment and then they're like you know what let's go make sure gun doesn't die it's a complete vaudeville moment here i fucking loved it it's it was all in the delivery cordy and wesley sit down at the table they look like they're really seriously about to get back into working on researching the girl with the eye cordy says we'll work our gig gun can work his wesley immediately says right slams his book shut let's get down there and save him from himself yeah, it's not like that third eye is really going anywhere. <laughs> uh, it's a fun moment. Watch the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A person needs certain designer things. You shouldn't be trying to eat my friend's brain. Hey, you're a vampire. Cut to a graveyard. Yes, where Angel and Kate look at the grave for the the cop who died, and because Angel is a vampire, he can tell that the grave was disturbed within the last couple of weeks, despite the fact that the cop died six months ago. And, you know, maybe that means that he's no longer in his grave. Hmm. Ergo, zombie cops. Yes. I knew it. It's zombie cops. And so they're like, hey, let's look at the the graves for some of the other cops who have died recently. Oh, fuck. This one's disturbed, too. Kate suddenly gets really upset and runs to her father's grave. But that one's fine. Luckily. Which, like, A, I I would imagine that if you're going to raise zombie cops, they'd have to, like, be... You'd want relatively young ones. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So he Uh, he was safe because he was old. Yeah. He was already retired. He didn't die in the line of duty or anything like that. Right. I think that that's that's the theme here. All these cops died in the line of duty. Yep. Well, Angel solved the case. It's all wrapped up here. Everybody go home. Yeah, we just... Oh, right. But maybe we should figure out who the fuck raised all these zombie cops. Nah, what for? Now that we know they're zombies... I was really hoping Kate's dad was going to become a zombie by the end of the episode. Right? I was That really that was... Been, that would have been great. That's where the fucking story was right there. Yeah. And they totally missed it. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Cut back to the East Hill Teen Shelter. Yep. Where uh, Wesley and Cordy arrive looking for Gunn. Uh, Anne mentions that Gunn went off to such and such street. I didn't write down the street, but Wes was is 45th like, oh, street. I'm, I'm going to go catch him. And Cordy's like, oh, Anne, I'll help you. Do you know how to fold laundry? <laughs> I'm an actress. I'll pretend. That's how that works. Okay. Yeah. And then, then we get a choice moment here. And he goes to close the door, and then this dude barges in. Turns out his name's Jackson, but we don't know that at the moment. Yeah, this fucking guy. Guy barges in, and then immediately gets fucking creepy as hell. Yeah. Because she tells him, we don't have any space, we don't have any beds available, and he pushes in he's like well i think i can find someone who's willing to share and then like eyeballs a bunch of fucking teen girls and is like oh yeah some good choices here or some shit like that yeah oh it's like i get it he's a bad guy he's a drug dealer like they're we're supposed to hate him and everything but like why is the go-to to to, like to make him also a pedophile yeah 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 like why is that the thing i don't know i also feel like it's um, like the story was really pressing here 
that it was important that this man is black and that he's our traditional idea of either a gangster or a street thug, somebody that pushes drugs yeah, and terrorizes children and pressures them into doing things that they wouldn't want to do otherwise, but they need the money. And he's clearly just getting joy out of scaring the shit out of threatening to kill this kid who seems to know him. Yeah. I don't know if he was dealing for him or what, because they they come back to this character and he's got some beef with he ends up having some beef with gun. And I really feel like they just wanted this juxtaposition between this guy that we're supposed to hate right out of the gate, who's black, and then gun, who we don't hate, who's black, because this wouldn't have worked otherwise. Uh, this is a very racially charged episode, yeah, and really they're is. trying really hard to say something poignant and helpful to, for, or about the black community. I'm not saying they do it really well, but that's what's going on in this episode. Yeah. I think I get what they were trying to go for, but the whole fucking thing, the whole episode just reads as like, they were trying to put in a book report for a book they didn't read. <laughs> Kinda. That, yeah. That's really how it feels to me. Because like, you don't really get... It's not that they didn't read it so much as they were just trying to please the teacher. Yeah. They weren't trying to actually see the problem. Right. Yeah. From the ground level. And it basically, to me, their attempt at doing this just comes off as so fucking condescending. Yeah. A bit. And Definitely. It it's like a it's like a fucking rich white woman getting upset because some other person said a thing that the rich white woman sees as a racial slur to somebody who's not even in the room. Kinda, yeah. And, like, in the end, it's a rich white woman who needs to just shut the fuck up and sit the fuck down. Mm-hmm. And not, like, getting into things or, that just... Or a rich white man. Right. <laughs> not to be, uh... You well, know. There, there, there's the, the trope of virtue signaling that rich white women... Of course. ...women do. The, specifically the very much never been poor in their life sorts of people. Yeah. Anyway, um, so this guy terrorizes this kid who's petrified. Yeah. And he says, don't worry, I'd never kill you. Not here, not inside this place. Woof. Not not with all these witnesses. Yeah, not with all these pretty girls watching is what he said. Yeah. Also that. Cut to 45th Street. Yep, where Gunn and his crew are, are looking for cops. And they found kind of the opposite of cops. Had there not been a zombie cop pandemic, they wouldn't have found a cop here. Yeah. They call it gang ground. And uh, they established that even cops won't go here. So they turn around to leave before they themselves get fucked up for being in a bad neighborhood. Yeah. And, uh, oh, guess what? It's a cop. Yeah. Look at that. You found one. Good job. But is it a zombie cop? I honestly wasn't sure. It's hard to say. It he seems to be acting like a normal cop as far as I've so seen. It could so easily just been a super diligent bastard cop. Until, of course, see, see, here's how we know that it wasn't a normal cop and it was, in fact, a zombie cop. Wesley tries to use his white privilege to save Gun, and the cop shoots Wesley. So there it is. That's proof. Yeah. Yeah. And you know the cop would assume that he was white because he sounds British. 
And most white people will assume that anyone with a British accent is white. That's actually a factual thing. Um, that sounds accurate. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so Wesley gets shot and Gunn and his uh, his friends, what are their names? George and Rondell. Rondell. Yeah. They get to work fighting this cop and they make him drop his gun and one of them picks up the gun and shoots the cop. Yeah. George, George picks up the gun. Uh, the cop's actually about to pull out a second gun from his ankle holster, and George shoots the cop. And then the rest of the scene, George is like, I shot a cop. And you can tell. Oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. You can tell he's like, I'm fucked. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. Holy shit, I shot a cop. I'm fucked. Eh, wipe the fingerprints off the gun. There ain't no cameras on that yeah, He corner. just drops the gun, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Also, this is the gun that shot Wesley. And now it has his fingerprints on it. Exactly. Like extra fucked there, boss. Yeah. So they're they're over there looking at Wesley, and he's still freaking out. And then the cop sits up suddenly, like Michael <laughs> fucking Myers in Austin Powers. I mean Halloween. <laughs> well, okay, both actually. Yeah, gu- guns. Guns' response is pretty great, though. Doesn't look that dead. Booyah! There's a quote. The delivery was good. I liked it. Okay. I chuckled. Happy for you. But yeah, they 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 start running. They get Wesley out of there. Good thing fucking cop can't run like the T-1000. Yeah. Because they'd be fucked. Yeah, they'd be extra <laughs> fucked. Cop uh, radios into somebody. Calls, yeah. I don't, I don't know who the fuck zombies cop are radioing. Zombie cops are radioing radioing into anybody well we do find out later exactly who he's radioing his captain exactly the guy who is necromantically controlling him that's who anyway he says we have loose ends there are witnesses so uh gun and wesley and the guys fuck off and they get behind a dumpster a few blocks away or something lay down wesley and put pressure on the wound call 911 for an ambulance uh but not for the cops duh right because the the one that's freaking out is like, man, we ain't going to call the cops. This, the cops just fucking did this to us. It's like for a fucking ambulance, dipshit. Yeah. Anyway. And then Rondell actually is like, hey, ha- tell them no sirens. Because you know what? That's a good fucking idea. Yes. As long as they actually listen. Because uh, no, um, they got protocol to follow. No, if you call an ambulance and you request a uh, silent response, they will do that. Interesting. Um, we... I had to do that at one of my jobs because of the sensitive nature of it. We didn't want to, like, freak people out with the ambulance coming to site. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's funny because I had a band director fall off of a ladder during a rehearsal outside uh, for marching band one time. And they tried to request a silent response. And we got all, Hmm. like, like, 15 volunteer firefighters... Two oh, fire trucks. The ambulance was dead last, of course. <laughs> we got like 12 cops, all with their sirens blaring, and they wanted to keep it quiet, yeah. but that didn't happen. Anyway. Uh, we cut to a police precinct. Apparently the pr- the precinct where all the fucking dead cops are from, and it's, it's quiet. One might say it's too quiet. <laughs> Yeah, Angel and Kate barge in, and they start telling this rando cop some uh, pretty... Well, they're they're asking him some pretty basic-ass questions like, does your boss do things by the book? And gosh 
darn it, you'd think he was asking a prospective Supreme Court justice if he drank alcohol in high school. Because <laughs> he goes from down-home folksy to psychopath in like 0.7 seconds. Specifically, Kate says, this captain of yours, he running things by the book? Officer says, I don't have to tell you who used to rule these streets, detective. The scumbags did. Hell, I was afraid to drive myself to work. Can I just say? No. Giving a fucking actor an apple to eat while reading lines. It really helps. Instant asshole. Right? Like, like, (laughs) why is that? Like, what is it about eating an apple that just makes you come off as such a fucking dick? I think... Because, like, it's definitely not this dude's acting that that pulls it off. It's partially because it's rude to eat something while you're talking to somebody in a professional capacity. Yeah. And apples are also kind of, like, crunchy, loud food. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And, like, juicy and dribbly. Right. If you get the right one. Mm, If you get a good one. Yeah. Can't blame them, really. (laughs) (laughs) What's your apple of choice, Josh? Um... You know, a while ago, I'd have said Granny Smith. It's still up there, but... Really? I, I honestly don't know. Just anything that's uh, nice and crisp. I uh, Honey crisp. Okay, uh, sure. Uh, honey, honey crisp apples for me, thank you. That's nice. See... Or gala. Gala or See, gala. I don't like the, that question because it inevitably ends up with somebody judging me for my favorite kind of apple. See, I don't... I which don't, I don't even have a good answer for. Like, liking, liking Granny Smith apples boggles my mind a little bit, but I also don't like tart food. Yeah. And Granny Smith apples are very tart. Yeah, see, I used to eat whole bags of sour gummies. Yeah, I can't so. fucking do tart. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, they're cracking down. They're, they've got some new rules going on. Yeah, they're cleaning up the neighborhood. Uh, Nothing problematic happening here. Zero problematic May things. as well just move right on. Yep. <laughs> I was hoping for some demon fighting tonight, but I wound up with a delivery job instead. If I come back here on the end of a spatula, I'm expecting some serious workman's comp. I'm just messing with y'all. Uh, cut to back to 45th Street, or yes. somewhere near 45th Street. Where Wesley is getting worse. He's, he's bleeding a little bit. It's not that bad. One. It's gonna be fine. I appreciate that they actually have, like, blood. Oh, right, like, yeah. They, they actually have, like... He's bleeding. You can tell he's gushing. Yeah. And like they he, he has makeup on his face and everything that he like he's going pale. He looks like shit. Yeah, they did a good job of making yeah. it making us believe that he's losing a lot of blood. Yeah. Um but the ambulance shows up. <laughs> I can't stop saying ambulance. <laughs> hey, Black Betty, ambulance. Anyway, <laughs> do you remember that meme? Uh, the video is a video, but uh, I don't. Oh well, there was a so there was a guy on a bus uh, who oh, really, yeah, yeah, really yeah. deserved to get punched in the face, and then he's asking for an ambulance, but he keeps saying ambulance. I'm in ambulance. I okay, yeah, I, re- I recall that. Because, and then somebody, uh, Hank and, Hank Green, actually made a song about that. And then somebody took the song "Hey Black Betty," <laughs> or you know, "Hey Black Betty." And cut it together. Hey, Black Betty, Amberlance, <laughs> and it fit really well. Oh God, um, it was it was probably really terrible. And that is an me, old meme. Makes me a terrible person. That's that an I, old meme that I thought it was We're funny. old. Yep, that's nice. Um, <laughs> remind me some more. Thanks. I keep forgetting because of how old I am. 
<laughs> so uh, so they get Wesley into the ambulance, and Gunn jumps in with him. Yeah. The other two guys fuck off, and they're going to meet them at the shelter. Yep. So as uh, soon as the ambulance drives away, two cop cars block its way. Yes. Driver gets out to be like, hey, you guys. You and the cops to- are like, oh, you're helping people. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you got to move out of the way. Uh, excuse me, we couldn't help but notice that we need to kill you with a hellstorm of bullets. <laughs> and they do. Yes. So that ambulance driver needs more medical attention now than Wesley does, ironically. Yes. Until he's dead. And then, in which case, he needs a mortician. Yeah. So Gun jumps into the driver's seat of the, the ambulance and he guns it. Gun guns the ambulance. Are you saying ambulance now too? I could have sworn you did. I- Probably because you fucking stuck it in my head. Gun guns the ambulance. That yes. is correct. Uh, and then busts through a fence, which let me tell you, one of those would definitely fucking do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Those things uh, are built f- with power in mind. Obligatory driving through a fence scene. Yeah. There's some barrels in the way just to make it a little more clunky. My, my favorite part is the cliche, the cops like firing at it as it drives away. Right. Because like, guys... You have cars. You have cars. Why wouldn't you just fucking... You even have sirens. Get in your like cars. You, you have cars designed to chase other vehicles, even. Yeah. Why? Well, they're zombies. I, you know... They're not the smartest zombies apparently, in the world. I mean, to be fair, they seem to be smarter than a lot of zombies. They, actually, they might be the smartest zombies in the yeah. world, but they're still... In the end, they're still zombies. And I was going to say, in the end, they're still cops. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> did you know? Did you know that I, some I know exactly some what you're police say. will not allow you to be cops if you're too smart. I did know that. I was going to be a cop once mm-hmm. back in my dumb days. This is how well I know up. you, Rex. I felt this story coming on <laughs> the second you said, "Did you?" And there it is. We have known each other for quite. He's going to tell the story about how he was going to be a cop and how yeah. they only let stupid people onto the force. Yep. There it is. Granted, I'm not making the claim that I was too smart to be a cop. I just decided to not even pursue it past like the first semester of law enforcement just because getting getting just one semester in was enough to be like, no, this is just an awful fucking career. And why would you yeah. want to do this to people? Oh, my. No. Yes. Good call. Yeah. Congratulations on having a conscience. <laughs> right. <laughs> you have half a Jiminy Cricket in your pants. <laughs> I'm not sure why only half and why he's in your pants, but I mean, better than nothing. No comment. <laughs> Back to the teen shelter where okay. they, uh, where Gunn drives okay. the ambulance to the teen shelter and stops there for some reason. Yeah. And they warn Anne that the cops aren't human. Okay. I have some qualms with Gunn here. Do you? Yeah. Because his entire fucking plan here is absolutely stupid absolutely asinine first what first he leaves the ambulance parked out front yeah the cops are patrolling the neighborhood they're probably gonna see the ambulance you know it was high blood pressure nobody's thinking straight and then on top of that hey we're being chased by zombie cops let's go to the building with all the children (laughs) Come on, Rex. Somebody thought of the children. Isn't that all you wanted? Won't somebody think of the children? 
Uh, not in this instance. I believe in the children instance. are future. So maybe don't feed them to zombie Teach cops. Teach them well and feed them to the zombie cops. <laughs> so <laughs> they're inside. <laughs> and the cop pulls up outside immediately. And he's all like, all passengers are on board, sir. And we we see the police captain who's listening. And he says, uh, the cop again says, we have full containment. The captain says, wait for backup. Secure the entire section. Clean house. Like, oh no, they're going to murder all the children and feed them to the zombie cops. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, Back inside. This worthless fucking EMT doesn't even apply pressure to the wound. Right. Until Cordy asks him what she can do to help. He should have already, like, wrapped it with something i mean a pressure bandage on it i'm no doctor (laughs) yeah fuck i i'm trained in emergency first aid for fuck's sake i could have at least (laughs) responded to it better than he was doing yeah i would have like put an ace bandage on it or something even though i know those aren't meant to be absorbent they're meant to be supportive but still you put a a fucking pressure bandage on is what you do yeah it's a bandage designed to like adhere to the flesh around the wound and applies its own pressure. Oh, neat. And it can absorb a lot of blood. Splendid. Um, but like, Well, he doesn't do that. Also, though, like, why have they not given him any blood? Well, you know, I mean, he was panicked. He just lost his EMT friend. Nobody's uh, really paying attention here. So meanwhile, he's just holding Wesley's head upright like a fucking and And, ho- and holding a saline bag. Yeah, say, that's what he needs. Oh, you're a little dehydrated. Yeah. I wonder why. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he, he is dehydrated. <laughs> but he's also probably uh, experiencing some iron deficiency as well. <laughs> Just a bit. And uh, Gunn gets in an argument with the all-too-relaxed Jackson, who ain't afraid of no racist pigs or a white man dying on the couch. Uh, he really seems to be serving as nothing more than a soapbox for Gunn to yell about how he has to make up for all the black people out there perpetuating the cycle, as he calls it. And I mean, I think systemic racism is the real cycle here. But sure, let's blame all the victims of society while we're at it. So they decide suddenly that Wesley has internal bleeding, Rex. Yeah. Internal bleeding. And that he must get to a hospital now. If only they had thought about that earlier. Fucking internal bleeding, everybody. Think about that for just a moment. Because of a gunshot wound. Well, they better put in for a business license and a name change here at the Ye Old East Hills Teen Shelter because... Welcome to the plot hole emporium. <laughs> Have you ever decided you want to stop off for a slushy and say hi to an old pal while your best friend and colleague bleeds out in an ambulance? <laughs> well, boy, howdy, have we got the solution for you. The days of patiently waiting to give your medical emergency the attention it deserves is a thing of the past. Down here at the plot hole emporium, just take our patented advice and walk him right on inside with you. He can bleed out on the couch for a moment or two with reckless disregard for that old sofa. And frankly, and didn't like it anyway. Not only will you get that American is apple pie effect of instant gratification, (laughs) but now you get to have your final standoff somewhere besides the hospital. It's win-win. So stick some pigs in Wesley's stomach hole because that's where we're hiding your plot. 
<laughs> My favorite part was and didn't like that couch anyway. <laughs> Subversion. That's how that worked. I liked it. <laughs> oh, that felt good. <laughs> 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 with reckless disregard for that old so, sofa yeah uh <laughs> <laughs> thought i was so, gonna say wesley didn't you didn't you <laughs> i you go so fast with that i don't have any way of anticipating shit <laughs> that's part of the bit <laughs> yeah anyway uh cordy's like no we're we are taking wesley to the fucking hospital because she's being reasonable Except that, hey, the cops are already outside and the place is surrounded. Yeah. Well, too late now there, buddy. They're here. (laughs) And the kids start barricading doors and windows and the zombie cops start marching. Yep. Cut to the boss guy at the precinct. Yeah, I guess it's at the precinct. Where Angel gets the boss a coffee. (laughs) Except it's not really so much a coffee so much as a foot up the ass. Well, he comes in, he starts talking to the captain, and the captain's like, who the fuck are you? Why the fuck are you here? And he's like, I'm the fucking angel, and I'm going to fucking be an asshole. Excuse me. And and the captain's like, okay, well, I'm going to shoot you then. I would like to play with these things on your desk, and I'm going to do that whether you like it or not. (laughs) You are not the boss of me. You are the boss of some zombie cops. No. Yeah. And uh, a lot of back and forth here. So yeah. back to the teen shelter. They're still barricading. Gun barks some orders. Cordelia tries calling for help while the cop breaks the bars. While the cops are breaking the bars off the windows and beating down the door. I I liked Cordy's line here. Because um, she's on the phone and it's like all circuits are busy. And she she's <laughs> like, this is no time for circuits busy. Don't tell me circuits are busy. Get some new circuits now. Yeah, we've all been there. And I just, I appreciate any moment where somebody is so panicked that they're yelling at a recording. Yes, they're experiencing tech rage Yeah, at the least convenient time. I have never, ever once in my life ever experienced tech rage, just so you know. Never. Welcome to Opposite Day on <laughs> L with Angel, everybody. It's never happened. No, not once in my entire life have I ever experienced tech rage yeah ever me either rex <laughs> never in a million years except for when i did except for when i used to buy keyboards in bulk <laughs> i did that once i've i've heard uh they told me when i went to the store they said no rex bought them all <laughs> sorry i was like i just need one they were like well should have thought of that before you were friends with rex uh, i legitimately bought a, a box of 20 once and then they sold another guy a keyboard, and they were like, well, he's not friends with Rex. <laughs> and I was like, shit, I really fucked this up. Judging by your uncomfortableness, I would say you're either about to ask me out on a date or you need a favor. Well, see, the thing about detectives is they have resumes and business licenses and last names. Pop stars and popes, those are the one name guys. Cut back to the captain and Angel. Yeah, so he shot Angel. Angel vamped out. He picked the captain up and is choking him. Somehow the captain gets free. Yeah. Like even that, though he's lifted up off yeah, the floor by like, his throat. Yeah. And That's he the gets easiest chokehold to break. Yeah. He gets free, jukes around Angel somehow, and then goes into a 
a hidden door. Yeah, he's pretty squirrely for a fat old guy. Yeah. Damn. Seriously. <laughs> I mean... And he's got a fucking uh, panic hatch behind his filing yeah. cabinet. I want that guy's office. Right? Damn. Uh, my I mean? dream... Get him and the entrails out of there first, but... My my dream is to just own a house that has a fucking hidden door. Uh, like I, w- I want I- a house with a series of hidden passageways. Oh, yeah. And a vault system like the fucking Adams Family. I mean... Okay, maybe not quite that elaborate, but close. We'll never be that rich. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, well, I, amusement park style. I'm, I can afford some random chains that you can pull and a slide that okay. goes into a basement. Okay? okay. Like, okay. I think the closest to amusement park style that you're going to get is the penny horse at Meyer. No, no, no. Like I just said, a chain that opens a hatch and a slide that goes into the basement. And uh, maybe some Scrooge McDuck money to swim around in. I would love to, like have a house with a pool and then like set up a slide that's from like the attic. Yeah. Yeah, see, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that that would Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Raccoons. Raccoons. For starters could go up the slide. For starters. That's yeah. a I'd have to build a contraption to like close it off at the bottom. Yeah, that's your biggest concern, huh? Raccoons. I mean, is currently. it because they're your pets and you keep them in the basement? No. Well, that's your first problem. I I've this is how you preemptively solve your <laughs> raccoon problem, Rex, is you have pet raccoons. I don't think I want pet raccoons. <laughs> well, you're doing it wrong. Anyway, on, on to the zombies breaking into the, the place. Into the yeah. shelter. They start breaking through the windows. Yes. The teens are falling back while the adults, hard air quotes, ineffectively are whacking at them with found weapons. Yes. And gets her ankle caught by one of the groping hands of a cop, which again... How do we know these aren't just normal cops? Uh, well, <laughs> this might be one of the few times in this episode where it is showing cops doing things that I don't think they would likely do. Slightly more zombie-ish. I mean... What, storm- raid a house? They do raids all the time. And sexually abuse women. But the the key... <laughs> the key is... Real cops would just be fucking shooting. And uh, not use and not like maybe no guns. Yeah, they did specifically get told to use no guns to keep the noise down. Sure, I mean for fuck's sake, real cops are told constantly not to shoot people. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> well, Cordelia saves Anne by hammering at the cop that's grabbing her ankle. Jackson tries to leave out the other door and immediately gets thumped by a cop. Gun saves his ass, pushes the cop out, closes the door. And helps Jackson up, and they have this little moment of solidarity. And Which, what the fuck point is that? Yeah, who fucking cares? It's not yeah. gonna last. Cut back to the precinct where the captain's in his ritual room. We see the walls are lined with pictures of dead cops and candles and everything. Yes, and welcome to the precinct secret totem zombie control room. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's just how it is sometimes. Angel Angel busts in. I called him Angel. <laughs> busts in and for some reason needs to ask, how are you controlling them? And then he sees a little statue. He's like, oh, it's a zombie god. I- Fucking look around. Right. It's a room full of shrines to dead people with candles. How do you think he's controlling them, Angel? But no, you gotta have a single totem that's controlling everything. Can I just say, a hidden room that nobody knows about, filled with hundreds of lit candles, and no windows, no ventilation, 
totally not a fire hazard. Seems like a good idea <laughs> on opposite day here at Ill with Angel. <laughs> it does. But yeah, so Angel's like, oh, look, this this totem, this, is, this must be it, and then hits the captain upside the head with it. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert, he was not using the entrails to control them. No. I don't no. think. I think he just liked the entrails. But it was the totem. Yeah. It was the little magic piece of glass, not the biological body part yeah. pieces. And just in time, all the zombies fall dead. Well, I guess they were already dead, but they're dead dead now. Yeah. They're less undead and more dead dead. Uh, slightly, yeah. They're green now. Yeah, they, they they turn green. And shriveled. And they stop moving. They look like baby poop. The key here is, is they stop moving. They've got baby poop face. Yes. Uh-huh. And no, uh, nothing with baby poop face can be scary. That's just that's a rule. <laughs> I remember reading that now. <laughs> yes, Angel said it was called the Idol of Granith, the zombie god. I didn't bother to look up if that's a real thing. Chances usually are that it's not on this show. They make shit up all the time. But if it is, feel free to correct us. I know people love interacting with us when we're wrong, so... I'm perfectly fine with people pointing out that I'm wrong because, hey, fan interaction is fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's something. <laughs> that's exactly the right reason. <laughs> Come back to the shelter where all the zombie cops go down uh, uh, very shortly after Angel destroys this totem. Probably almost suddenly, instantly, as he yeah. destroys the totem. Yeah. Less time than it took for the camera to cut over, probably. Yeah. And the cops... Get all shriveled and green on the floor. We kind of already covered that, didn't yeah. we? Anne is like, oh my god, the kids. Cordy and Gunn are like, oh my god, Wes. Wes really looked dead. Yeah. I, my brain switched over to Walking Dead rules for a minute. <laughs> and I half expected Wesley to fucking turn. <laughs> I was like, shit, you're going to have to stab him in the head, guys. How are we going to bring him back from that? Yeah. And Gunn asks Jackson for help just moving Wesley out to the ambulance. But predictably, he fucks off because A, fuck Whitey, and B, yay, no more zombie cops. Time to go terrorize the yeah. streets some more again because pieces of shit gonna be pieces of shit, right? That's, yeah. That's the moral we learned today, isn't it? I guess. Yeah, that's why he. That's why the character was on the show, Jackson, right? I don't fucking know why this character was here. Yeah. It, it was, was pointless. Clear as mud. Clear as mud. <laughs> I, no, like I, I said, he served... Clear as mud might be clearer than it was. I really think the only thing they wanted him there for was to have that one little argument with Gunn when they first run into each other. That was all the mileage yeah. they got out of it. Other than that, he was a waste of fucking space and plot. Also, not particularly well-written, not particularly well-acted... I, like, I, I didn't have any issues with the actor. I thought he was like, a good actor, honestly. I believed him a hell of a lot more than I believed any of the kids that were trying to be all gangster, you know? Well, <laughs> excuse me. Yes. I'm something of a gangster myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally believable, Josh. <laughs> uh, cut back to the precinct, or Kate's precinct specifically, where Angel comes in and tells Kate, hey, I stopped all those zombie cops, just so you know. 
I did it all on my own. Aren't you proud of me? Yeah, you're welcome. I'll take my nominal fee now. No. Angel informs her the zombie cop problem is solved. She shittily and judgily recites the previous amount of crime from that area that they just gave back to the people in that community. Then she judges Angel even more directly for saying, I can live with that. And, you know, never mind the complete horrific injustice that it took to quell those crime rates, especially when we know for a fact that more money and education and less cops is the solution to less crime. Because poverty is the cause of crime, not just straight up bad people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the cause of those kind of crimes. That's the real moral of the story of this episode, but you're not really going to get it directly out of the episode. You have to listen to Ill with Angel to get that. Watching an episode like this from the perspective of all the shit going on in the world today, like this is... uh, It's dated. It's painfully dated. It's painfully dated. So whatever. Let's fuck off from all that noise. Some random asshat hands Kate a file. It's about Wesley. Yeah, so will you cut to a happier place? A hospital where people are dying. Yeah. (laughs) Still technically not wrong. It is a slightly happier place. It is. (laughs) Well, you see, they have drugs here. Hey. We cut to Wesley waking up to find Gunn waiting by his bedside. This is a great character moment for these two. I fucking loved it. Oh, yeah. I fucking loved it. Like, because... These two totally bond right here. Yeah, this this is the moment where I feel that they actually have a friendship. Yeah, it it only took Wesley risking his life to save Gunn. But yeah, yeah, Gunn was always really kind of a dick to Wesley before this. Wesley's actions in this episode proved to Gunn that Wesley isn't a pompous airbag. Yeah. He's actually the genuinely good person that he seems to be. Well, he can be a pompous airbag. Yeah, I mean, why not both? Why not both? Why not? Right, but like he's he actually is a good guy who's trying to do good things. He just, you know, in the end is British. <laughs> <laughs> That's his main crime. <laughs> Definitely. But I got some some quotes here. Uh, the exchange between between the two. Gunn asks Wesley how he's feeling, and Wesley says, I feel I should be in a great deal of pain. Gunn replies with, a gunshot will usually do that to you. And then the quote here is, Wesley says, and yet, looks at his IV, is this morphine? Well, it's bloody lovely. Damn right. (laughs) Which, you know, by the way, don't abuse morphine, it will fuck you up. Only use it in a professional environment, everybody. It is an opiate, by the way, and it is highly addictive. So we're not trying to aggrandize opiates here, but I have heard from people that morphine can be quite fun. Um, switch to Angel's point of view from the hallway. Yeah, he he's turns lurking ar- again. He, he's a lurky, lurky boy. He turns around to fuck off, but Cordelia caught him. He's facing Cordelia now, and she tells him to fuck off. Cordy's like, oh, I see you're fucking off. Well, you know what? You can continue to fuck off. And when you get there. <laughs> and when you get there, fuck off some more. And keep fucking off till you get back here. And then when you get back here, fuck off again. Fuck off again. <laughs> yeah, she literally tells him he walked away and now he can do them all a fucking favor and stay away. Yep. And it is perfectly 100% deserved. She didn't pull any punches. 
he just kind of waddled away more broody than usual. Yeah. Like this time, he wasn't just doing it for the looks. I could tell he was actually sad. Yep. Gerarg. Gerarg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. Strength. Give, 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 give me more! Nights, I shall walk in here. Hold on. You've got something here. Huh? So How do you feel about this episode, Josh? Hey, wait. What about the kid with the demon eyeball? We'll get there. Well, for fuck's sake. We'll get there. For Christ's sake. Okay, no, this episode. Let's see. Yeah. Dated. <laughs> Painfully. And pretty one note. Yep. Definitely just a monster of the week. With a little bit of character development. Definitely huge moment, like you said, for Wesley and Gunn. And at least that moment felt perfectly earned. And like, also, we're definitely seeing a point in Angel's arc where he's coming down off of this streak that he's had, his lone wolf yeah. streak, where he needs to be the daddy figure, I know what's good for you, to his friends. And he might just start treating them like independent adults that they deserve to be treated as. Fucking hope it happens soon, goddammit. Yeah. But other than that, I I mean, although it's dated, I think it's surprisingly still relevant because we're having still having lots of police brutality issues. Yeah, well, like it's we're the country is very divided, and systemic race and racism continues to be a huge problem. My biggest problem with this episode is how everyone is responding to the cops doing this sort of policing this this very violent policing as if it's this um, anomaly right it's like it's it hasn't been an anomaly for a very long time pretty much our entire fucking lives yeah and more so so like i think we've just started to see it a whole lot more in our lifetimes because everybody's got a camera in their pocket yeah and I did somewhat find the humor in the moment where they're like, oh, we'll record them. And as if that was going to do fucking anything. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, they didn't know the cops were zombies. They just thought the cops were were bastards. Yeah. But, like, we know way too well that recording the cops doing shitty things doesn't fucking do anything. Yeah. It's like trying to hold. Rarely does anything. It's like trying to hold Trump responsible for literally anything. Yeah. It's like, the system's too fucking rigged. Yep. But, like, I don't know, overall, it was okay. It was yeah. an okay episode. You know, I I didn't and really get off on it much. It didn't have, like, it didn't have a, a ton of good lines. It didn't have any, like, really, like, really great moments. We got that good moment with Wes and Gunn, but, like, it still wasn't as good as it could have been. Yeah, I, I think... The best we can say about this is probably that it's some light at the end of the tunnel that we're getting out of that rut that the show was stuck in. Maybe, yeah. I think Maybe. for realsies, it's starting to get out of that rut. I fucking hope. Man. I probably just I jinxed the hope. shit out of it. Yeah. How dare you? What's your quote of the day, Rex? <sighs> I think I'm just going to go with, is this morphine? <laughs> well, that's lovely. Well, this is just lovely. <laughs> that was a fun one. Just... I've never been 
in the hospital on drugs like that. So that's like, that's not an experience I've ever had where I'm all loopy from meds like that. So like, I don't know. It it always fascinates me when it's done. Mm-hmm. I've never got to experience it. Not that I want to, mind you, but like, I've also never got to. So like, I always find that fun. Fair enough. What's your quote of the day? Well, uh, shout out honorable mention to Cordy and Wes for their little vaudeville routine. Yep. With the, we can't, no, but we mustn't. Ah, but all right, let's work on our own project. All right, let's go save gun. That was solid, solid, like physical acting from them in that moment. And line delivery, everything, yeah. everything about it. They were Johnny on the spot. Yeah. They, they gave it the money and they made it work and they made it funny mm-hmm. and i just rhymed that and i didn't mean to <laughs> i apologize um but my real quote is still just going to have to go to guns line cuz we'll be the ones walking while black cuz yep. that really was what the episode was about if yeah, you it really was if you don't think that there's systemic racism in the united states of america or the rest of the fucking white western world you're not paying attention If you're white and you think you're not racist, you're not paying attention. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to feel bad about it. You just need to recognize it. Yep. Or if you think that there's a liberal agenda to push critical race theory in schools, you're wrong. Nobody's trying to make white people feel bad about something that they didn't do to several generations old black people. We're trying to educate, and also critical race theory is, there's, you know what? Yeah, the idea of critical race theory is not what the fucking, what it is, actually, is not what the fucking media is portraying it as. Like, yeah. it's not... You know what, uh, I'm, I'm gonna drop a couple links, because we don't have time, Yeah, and we're not prepared to get into all of that. Um, But it's propaganda. If you, if you believe yeah. in all the critical race theory shit flying around right now... You're not paying attention. And that is the one good thing that we can get from the message that they were kind of sort of trying to go for, even though it felt like PC virtue signaling. Maybe we can still squeeze some good out of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, do your research. Help your fellow man. Um, I I just, dude, I we're, we're, we're so close. We got to be close to a good Angel episode. We haven't had a good Angel episode in a long while a very long while i mean i still enjoyed the last one because it had darla and drusilla in yeah it. but that it doesn't still, make it a good episode it wasn't great but i'll i'll take what i can get and we're still getting good buffy episodes intermingled with it so you know it's it's fine it's gonna get better right it it ought to right it ought to right it has to. It couldn't not. <laughs> what are we doing? Why are we watching this? Why are we watching this? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, Rex. Okay. I promise. All right. I yeah. have to trust you. All right. This has been another episode of Ale with Angel, everybody. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Beer with Buffy. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Beer with Buffy Group. And uh, if you'd like to buy some of our shit, 
although we don't literally have any horse cock dildos with the Beer with Buffy <laughs> logo stamped on it, you can still peruse our store and imagine that they're in there. If you go to www.beerwithbuffy.com slash shop. If you'd like to support us financially so that we can keep making dirty jokes, go to patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy and uh, buy our cat naming perk so that we can name your cat for you on an episode of Beer with Buffy or Ale with Angel, depending on how it works out. Don't forget to review us on iTunes, get yourself a free sticker, and enter yourself into the famous review drive that enables you to possibly win a free hoodie. Next one is when we get to 75 reviews. All you have to do is write an actual written review and keep yourself a screenshot so that we know that it was actually you that wrote it because I I think that proves something, probably. Well, screenshot typing the review before you submit it. You can always open it up again after you've written it, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, like... Actually seeing the uh, the text box where you're type, you can type in it. Exactly, which somebody else um, should not be able to access is the point. Yeah. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can always email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail or a text at 269-743-0783. Lastly, but not leastly, big shout out to JJ Treadway for all of our opening, closing, and transitional music. This has been Ale with Angel. I'm Josh. And I'm Rex. Have a good night. Keanu Speed Josh. Reeves be with you. Whoa. You are the slayer. Lives depend upon you. I make allowances for your years, but I expect a certain amount of responsibility, and instead of which you enslave yourself to this, this cult. You don't like the color? <laughs>